welcome. You are listening to the Power Hour here at CJLO 1690 AM in Montreal. My name is William Power. I'm with my buddy, Dominic Demeester. Can't believe it, folks. It is draft day here. Uh, whoever would have thought it would have came so quickly. I know I say this every year, but I feel like it's especially true this year. Uh, feels like the Rams just won the Super Bowl. But wouldn't you know what, Dominic? Today is the draft. I'm super excited. The Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock. How pumped are you for this draft, Dominic? Let's go, <laughs> baby. We are here. NFL draft is in the house. Wow, this draft is going to be like no other. I really do believe we're going to see a lot of action in this draft, a lot of trades left and right, people moving up in this draft. Let's get started. 100%. And uh, obviously, you know, uh, we're super grateful for the opportunity. We're going to be on, this is our first episode that's going on Spotify, uh, Apple Music. So uh, Dominic and I are super pumped for that. Thank you to our listeners. Of course, without you, there's no show. Uh, thank you to CJLO. Uh, honestly, we've been uh, a great team and it's been awesome doing this. So Dominic, let's get to it right away. Like I mentioned, the Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock. Nobody knows. I don't even know if the Jacksonville Jaguars know what they're going to do with that first overall pick. We talked about it over the last few weeks. Uh, Trevon Walker out of Georgia has been a big name, uh, a name that's been thrown around left and right as to potentially being the number one overall pick going to those Jaguars. Right now, he seems to be um, the most popular sexy name in terms of mock drafts, although I pulled up uh, Bucky Brooks' final draft and he does not have Walker going to Jacksonville at one Curious to know, before you give away who you think um, the Jaguars will take, do you think it's going to be Trevon Walker? Do you think this is a a little bit of a smokescreen? Because I'll tell you right now that I don't think the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to take Walker. I do think he'll go top five, um, but uh, I guess a little bit of sneak peek into my pick. I really do think they need to go offensive side of the ball here and, uh, you know, really give uh, Trevor Lawrence the best chance to succeed in the NFL. That Georgia defense was lights out, as we all know, last year. But I really do believe that, you know, they need to address the offensive line. Trevor Lawrence, in my opinion, last year regressed a bit with all the brouhaha that happened in Jacksonville. The pick for me here is Evan Neal from Alabama, six foot seven, 355 pounds. This guy is a monster. I want to see him get drafted first of all. I want to see Trevor Lawrence succeed in the NFL and Jacksonville and that Jacksonville fan base deserves it. Yeah, if any fan base deserves it, it's definitely then Dominic. Honestly, not to piggyback, off your answer, but I am right on board with you there. I do think it will be Evan Neal as well uh, out of Alabama. Just honestly, like uh, you talked about his figure, uh, a really smart uh, offensive lineman. Uh, just doesn't, he doesn't get baited. Where, like, I mean, he's just kind of the guy that doesn't really get fooled. Like he's the, I feel like he's the most NFL ready. Um, and I really think it's exactly what those Jaguars need. Of course, look, Don, we talk about it. There's uh, many different directions this team could go in uh, because obviously they're picking first for a reason. Uh, quarterback is obviously not one of them. You know, obviously we talk about uh, number one overall picks usually being quarterbacks, but Jacksonville has what they hope to be their franchise QB in Trevor Lawrence. And yeah, I really think that you got to uh, go and protect him uh, in a, buck, uh, a mock draft I just pulled up by uh, Bucky Brooks. He has uh, Iki uh, Ikwanu from North Carolina State, an offensive tackle, going first overall. Uh, he's a name that hasn't been as popular as Evan Neal um, in uh, in terms of, you know, mock drafts and, uh, and all of that. But you can't really go wrong with an Alabama product, right, Dominic? Coached by Nick Saban, uh, obviously winning a few national championships and, uh, you know, obviously having a good offensive line coach there in Alabama. I think, you know, like we talk about to Alabama and, and their coaching and, and everything they have going there. You know when you're getting a Crimson Tide player, Dominic, he's going to be NFL ready um, and, uh, and he's going to be, you know, a mature player and, and a guy that's ready to succeed in the NFL. 100%. Saban has been just the guy in college football. Bill Belichick is an amazing coach, and we all know he loves his Alabama products. So in my opinion, you can't go wrong with taking a guy from Alabama. And you mentioned Ikem Ikuanu. I think that it would be also a good offensive lineman for Jacksonville to pick up. However, I think he would be a guy mainly on a running team. I have Evan Neal being just this all-around amazing offensive tackle and Ikuanu being an amazing 320 pounds, six foot four for the running game. I think that that would be great, but I don't see Jacksonville succeeding as well with Ikuanu 
they should stick with Evan Neal. Yeah, of course, definitely with you on that one, Dominic. Uh, it's where you talk about like the running game, but let's not forget we talked uh, about last year the Jacksonville Jaguars surprisingly taking running back Travis Etienne out of Clemson teammate of Trevor Lawrence he's going to come back so obviously that offense is going to look a little bit different than they did last year super unfortunate injury I know I was really excited to see Travis Etienne play in the NFL he was my number one running back coming out of the draft not to throw any shade at your boy Najee Harris Dominic or the Pittsburgh Steelers but I really like what Travis Etienne brings to the football field and uh, yeah it's going to be cool to see uh, what he uh, does in this Jacksonville offense obviously having good rapport with uh, Trevor Lawrence um, really uh, like like we said really unfortunate last year him getting injured but he should be back come the start of the season so Jacksonville picks at number one at number two Dominic for me this is I haven't changed on this at all uh, from start to finish of mock drafts I got eight Hutchinson uh, edge out of Michigan I think this pick just makes a lot of sense I think the Lions do need a lot of help at the uh, defensive line position this is a Michigan guy right a Detroit guy knows obviously the area is super familiar with playing in Detroit um, and uh, look, when you play against Aaron Rodgers uh, twice a year, you got to be able to, to get to him. And, you know, now maybe Justin Fields, uh, he takes the reins with the Chicago Bears, uh, a QB that's able to scramble and buy time. You don't want to give that quarterback time. Aiden Hutchison, from what I've seen, Dominic, his tapes, he seems like a monster. He's able to throw offensive linemen left and right. Um, and he seems not only like a smart pick, but a very safe pick. And I mean that in a good way, like a safe pick where – he, I'd be surprised if this guy ever would be labeled a bust because I really feel like similar to Evan Neal, like I talked about, Aiden Hutchison is a guy that's NFL ready, um, a mature player, a, a smart guy too as well, but a guy who's going to do whatever he can to, to make his team uh, have the best chance at winning games no matter what the score is. You see this guy, his motor is nonstop. He's never taking a playoff, uh, always getting his hands up there when he's not able to get to the uh, the quarterback to, to try and uh, deflect passes. So I got Hutchison out of Michigan again going to the Detroit Lions at two I mean he seems to be the the prevalent number one pick in this draft so it doesn't mean that I believe that he should go number one it just means that I honestly think that Detroit will get probably a gift in this draft if the he if he happens to fall number two but I'm not convinced I'm not as convinced as a lot of other people are just because I think that Michigan really had a one-two punch with Ajabo and Hutchinson so to me, I think that there's a, probably a guy that's elevating the other, and I don't know who is actually elevating who, or will they? Will there be a drop-off in production uh, once they hit through the NFL? Maybe they'll be both good, potentially, but I don't know. Something tells me that Aiden Hutchinson, all around, there's something that tells me that he might not be the right guy, specifically at number one. The more that he drops, the better his value gets. Mm -hmm. But I'm not convinced. I'm not as convinced. A lot of people are out there saying yeah. Hutchinson's name. He's that you should be number one. I like his intensity. I like his moves. It's just I don't think he's going to be as good as he should be, mm -hmm. depending on where he ends up in this draft. Putting all your eggs for the number one pick or the number two pick on Aiden Hutchinson, I wouldn't do it. That's just my take. I like it, Dominic. I probably uh, one of the uh, the only people that I've spoken to that kind of has that take. But obviously, it's what uh, makes the show. Uh, I guess you could say exciting with uh, with our different takes. Six foot six guy, two hundred sixty five pounds. If the Detroit Lions decide not to go with Ada Hutchison, Dominic, and let's say he's still available, um, and let's say, okay, for argument's sake, we say that Jacksonville Jaguars take Evan Neal, because both you and I have them uh, taking him at one. Where do you think the Detroit Lions could go here? Obviously. You think about the quarterback situation. They do need a quarterback. I'd be shocked if they take a quarterback at two. I really don't think they will. You got to remember that Detroit also has the 32nd pick in the draft, the last one of the first round. Does that play into a factor about what they decide to do at two, thinking maybe they could get uh, the best quarterback available there at 32? I'm curious to get your perspective on what you think the Detroit Lions could do at number two if uh, if they decide not to draft Hutchinson and if, uh, if Evan Neal goes number one to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think Detroit's scared coming into this draft last time they picked this high if i remember they picked a guy by the name of joey hutchinson and it went downhill for the detroit lions you can't miss if you're drafting you know a franchise quarterback that high because you know you're going to be invested probably for four years that being said is there a quarterback out there that you're completely sold on and the answer is no 
The answer is no. There's not one guy that I'm completely sold on. So you have to put the onus on the front office to the Detroit Lions, knowing that they've had X amount of time to really study all the quarterbacks and come out with a winner. And to me, with the new type of NFL football that we're playing, you have to think Willis has to be the guy at number two. You have to think that the guy, you know, big body, he's a hybrid quarterback. He's got a really good cannon. I read today that just entering in the, in the NFL, he'll be number eight roughly in terms of his arm strength. I don't know how they can come up with that stat, but, you know, a lot of people obviously have a lot more tape than we do. Mm-hmm. So it's got to be Willis here for number two. It's got to be Willis. Detroit needs to grab a quarterback. I know they like, you know, they, they, they got Jared Goff in yeah. that trade and they're still a bit invested in Goff, but this is the time. You got to draft a quarterback. You got to have done your homework. Take Willis and see where Willis can take you. Huh, curious. Uh, actually, I, I like that take, Dominic. That would be a bombshell of bombshells to see a quarterback going that early. And that's the thing, you know, like you never know. And I think that's one thing I've grown to uh, accept is you see these mock drafts and like you feel everything's written in stone. Like, you know, which teams are going to pick which players before the draft. And it's really not like that. You can hear 101 reports. Ultimately, we don't know what the general manager, the owner, the head coach are going to decide to do with that pick. So Detroit, like I talked about, needs a quarterback. Quarterback Malik Willis at two would be a surprise. I think even Kenny Pickett at two would be a surprise for me. I got Kenny Pickett being the first quarterback taken off, off the uh, the board in this draft. I could also see the lines going cornerback here, Dominic. When you think about it, um, Darius Slay obviously uh, was a very good player for the Detroit Lions for several years. Um, unfortunately, well, fortunately, unfortunately, he's no longer on the team. Um, unfortunately was the injury that happened to Jeff Okuda cornerback that the Detroit Lions took very early on uh, in previous years in the draft. I can see a guy like sauce Gardner uh, being taken by the Detroit Lions. Uh, Gardner's a guy that, uh, you know, he's, he's a dog. He has a, that mentality. He believes he's the best player in this draft. Uh, you know, kind of a little bit, one of those, those cocky type pl- cocky type players, um, but a guy that could potentially help turn your franchise around. I think right now that's what the lines are missing, kind of like, you know, that swagger, some identity. Um, and, you know, if they're not sold on a certain position they need, because you could also make the argument, like, just like Jacksonville, the lines could use help in many different position groups. Why not just take a guy that's going to, you know, spark up your team, a guy that's going to talk a little bit of trash, get into wide receivers' heads. Um, and, uh, and you know, there are some good wide receivers in the the NFC North, Look at the the Minnesota Vikings, the the duo with Adam Thielen. Um, obviously, you got uh, Justin Jefferson as well. Devontae Adams is no longer in the division, so thankfully for the Lions, they don't have to worry about him anytime soon. But I can see the Lions if they decide not to go Hutchison. Um, I can see them taking Sauce Gardner. He's been a name that's been thrown uh, around uh, a lot over these last few weeks, and he's an exciting player, Dominic. He believes in himself. Uh, out of Cincinnati, they obviously had a really good season making it to the uh, the playoff this year. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised to see them going in that direction either uh, for the Detroit Lions. I understand the, the analogy behind it, getting a DB. You know, obviously we're in the, in the new era of the NFL. We're seeing wide receivers really coming out of their shell here. And we just saw Chase last year having a phenomenal year at, at what, 21 years of age. Yeah. Let's understand that the DB position is obviously becoming a lot more valuable than ever before. Mm-hmm. That being said, I still don't believe you draft a DB that high. It's just, it's an offensive lineman. It's a quarterback. When you're drafting that high, you have to make sure that you get the biggest capital for that number two pick. And that biggest capital falls along those lines of an offensive lineman or a quarterback. That's just my opinion. And I still believe that Detroit will be kicking themselves if ever we have a superstar quarterback in this draft that is going to emerge because they have the opportunity to take whoever they want and they have to hit I still think there's a big chance that Troy takes a quarterback. That'd be uh, like, like I said before, Dominic, that would be something that uh, a lot of people did not expect, at least with that number two pick. Um, I really think that the fact that they had the 32nd overall pick will play a big, big factor in what they decide to do at two. That is um, I would be surprised to, you know, see them at two, stay put, draft, you know, uh, the best player they think is available at the time. Um, and then, you know, maybe trade back, maybe get another second round pick or maybe even trade up. I could see 
I wouldn't be surprised to see the Detroit Lions not stay put at 32, whether that means they trade up, they trade down, uh, trading up if they see a guy that they like, trading down if they want to invest more draft capital uh, for future seasons because, you know, God knows they could use the help uh, for the next few seasons. It is NFL Draft Day, folks, in Las Vegas. I am super excited. Um, Can't believe the draft is already here. We've gone through uh, our first uh, couple of teams here in the draft. Uh, Exciting to see if there's going to be trades. I have a feeling, Dominic, there's going to be a few trades in this NFL draft. Uh, You look at teams, you know, wanting to come up. It happens every year. Can't forget about Debo Samuel, Dominic. His name's been uh, being thrown around left and right now. Looks like he wants out of San Francisco. I could see a trade uh, being made on, uh, you know, on draft day just because, like, look, what other time would there be to get a draft if uh, a team wants uh, a guy like Debo Samuel and, you know, a San Francisco 49ers obviously want to get something in return. They could get picks. They could get a player and picks. Um, that's, uh, you know, probably one of my favorite parts about the draft is, uh, you know, just not being sure that uh, teams stay in their certain spot um, and that they get, uh, you know, they get different players being traded. Them. I know as the Dolphins, as a Dolphins fan, Dolphins traded for Josh Rosen on the day of the draft. And unfortunately, that didn't work out for Miami. But it was just exciting to have that happen. Um, I uh, I think that this year, in comparison to other years, there's going to be a few more trades than we're used to seeing. Uh, there's a lot of good plays in this draft, a lot of good non-quarterbacks in this draft. Uh, you, know, you talk about wide receivers, you talk about you know talk about offensive uh, offensive tackles, defensive tackles, safeties, cornerbacks, um, and I think at number three when you talk about the Houston Texans, Dominic, this was a, a tough pick, and I'm not even sure like I have any idea what Houston is going to do here. At number three, you got to think, look, last year, the rookie quarterback, Mills, did a pretty good job, uh, was not taken in the first round and was not maybe talked about as much as he should have been just because he wasn't one of those household names like Trevor Lawrence uh, or, or Zach Wilson or, or any of those guys. So Houston at number three, I'm curious to see what they do. They're another team that could go uh, many different directions. I want to get your take, who you think they may take, what you think they, they may do. If you're on the same page as me, as you know, this is a bit of a, a difficult one to pick, but I think I have a guy in mind who they're going to take at three, but I want to get to you first on this one, Dominic, with the Texans. Yeah, they're going to go defensive, and in their mind, it's like they won the lottery by having Kayvon Thibodeau available to them, which a lot of people had him as number one yeah. early, uh, right after the Super Bowl, so to me, I don't think they can pass on him. I think in their minds, you know, they had Clowney, who some believe he was a bit of a bust. And I'm kind of like in between. I think he got a lot of injuries. If they yeah. can have a guy that's a lot healthier uh, long term. I mean, the defensive end position, that's a, at a premium. You have a, If you have an amazing defensive end with, you know, the stature that Thibodeau has, you just have to pull the trigger. And I don't see Houston uh, making that mistake they will select Kayvon Thibodeau. Funny you say that, Dominic. Even last year, I'd say like when there was the early mock draft, like the way too early mock draft of 2022, he was the name that was coming up the most often. And he's been dropping in these drafts. Uh, you know, when there's pulling up random drafts here or mock drafts, he's going here. Uh, Bucky Brooks has him going number ninth to Seattle Seahawks, which would be an absolute steal. Because, um, uh, you know, like I think the best way to describe this guy is, is he's dynamic. Uh, he's a guy that could play, I, I'd say, any left right uh, side of the football field. He's a guy that could, you know, if need be, drop back in coverage. Um, And, like, just his – the way he's, like – built and how quick he is, how fast his hands are and the way he's able to like push these offensive linemen. Um, And he has, you know, a few moves to go with that. I like that pick at number three, uh, Thibodeau. I do think the Texans will go defense. However, I don't think they're going to take him. And I don't even think they're going to take Sauce Gardner. Call me bias, folks. I love my Notre Dame fighting Irish. I got Houston Texans taking Kyle Hamilton. I think he is arguably the best player in this draft. Uh, I talked about it before, about uh, being a Notre Dame fan and watching him play. I didn't understand what all the hype was coming into the season before the season that just happened. He was very solid with Notre Dame in his first few seasons. But this season with Notre Dame, he, he just had like a breakout year. And the he can cover a football field horizontally I would say like no one I've I've ever seen in college football and you know maybe that could be an exaggeration I watch quite a bit of college football not as much as the NFL but this guy Dominic he has instincts for days and he trusts his instincts and that's what makes him such a good player and 
I honestly think he has better hands than some of these receivers because when it's a 50-50 ball, uh, it's not really a 50-50 ball with Kyle Hamilton. He's getting it like, I would say, seven times out of ten, maybe even eight times. And for a guy that plays defense, that's pretty impressive. But when he's not catching the ball, Dominic, he's, he's not getting beat. There's it, When he's on a guy, the guy's not catching the ball. He's, he's an eraser. Um, and he unfortunately dealt with injuries this year at Notre Dame, uh, which is why he wasn't able to play the, the last few games. He didn't play in the uh, final goal game bowl game for the fighting Irish um so you know we haven't seen him play football I guess you can say recently because he didn't play the last few games with Notre Dame but when he's on the field Dominic I'm telling you this guy has wings he can fly um I don't know if I mentioned it on the show but uh Terry Babalus one of our buddies a Cowboys fan I have a friendly bet with him if Kyle Hamilton goes 12 or earlier, uh, I win the bet, and Terry has to buy me McDonald's. If he goes 13 or later, I have to buy Terry McDonald's because uh, Terry and I obviously love McDonald's. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I like uh, I was confident in that bet. I think he's going to go top 10. Um, and if I was a betting man, Dominic, which I am not, I would say that Kyle Hamilton goes three to the Houston Texans, and they make a, a big splash uh, in getting arguably the best player in this entire draft. Very, very bold prediction. I like it. I really like it. I think that uh, the measurements are there. Six foot three, 220 pounds out of Notre Dame. We honestly think that this guy is going to be a talent. It's just where do we get the value for that talent? I think where you're picking him is a bit high. He could probably go to the, you know, the Washington football team at uh, number 10, I believe. That would be probably a good landing spot. But then again, I like your bold prediction. I think Cal Hamilton has the dimensions to cover the football field. Uh, his, his ability to close is bar none, one of the best that we've seen in a long time. So we're just going to have to wait and see. I think you have him a little high, but I do like the bold prediction. Thanks, Dominic. And you bring up a good point, or I'm happy you brought it up. In terms of value, uh, I've always been the type, and I've had this conversation with the aforementioned Terry before, Call me, call me nuts, but I find value a tad bit overrated, Dominic. I know, like, look, obviously you want to get the best bang for your buck. If you're picking at number three, you don't want to get the 10th or 11th or 20th best player in the draft. But I think if you have a guy you want and a guy that could potentially change your franchise, you take him. Um, I, I totally understand that you want to get steals in the second and third round and finding these, these gems is always super important. Um, and there's been uh, guys that have, like, flown under the radar from college and that uh, have been studs in the NFL and made a, an immediate impact. I don't know. I've always kind of been on the other side of that. Like I value the value picks, but sometimes like we want this guy, we're going to get him. It's kind of that simple. It's almost like overpaying for a certain player. And look, I, I get that. And a lot of times you say, Oh, this guy's way overpaid. And he's not the best receiver in the NFL. Why is he getting paid that much? Sometimes he fits your system. Um, and it's not necessarily because he's the most, you know, uh, paid player in the NFL, that he's the best player in the NFL. I think sometimes teams are willing to kind of, go out there and, and extend their hand maybe a little bit more than they should in order to get the guy that they want. Um, so I guess I would say, uh, I understand your take, but I politely disagree. And I think that sometimes value can end up biting teams in the butt just because they're so obsessed with kind of like you talked about getting like, okay, is this guy really a number three overall pick for me? It's kind of, he's there, he's available. I'm going to take him because I want him on my team. And it's really as simple as that. I'm curious to get your, uh, your take on that, Dominic. Yeah, I think you got a very solid point. Uh, when you got a guy like Kyle Hamilton being 6'3 at that position, that's a, something that you just have a hard time passing on. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you probably could maybe get him. Uh, I said number 10. I think the Washington Commanders are picking 11th. Uh, oh, but God. that's where I would, I, I think the Commanders are going to be in a prime position to select him. That's where I have him going. But yeah. anywhere before that, I mean, if you like what he brings to the table, why not? That's fair, Dominic. And I actually do think he fits well with Washington. And I think he'll be a steal at number 11. Uh, Dominic, the two New York teams have two top 10 picks. Uh, pretty crazy. I don't know if this has ever happened before, but the New York Jets have the fourth and 10th overall pick. The New York Giants have the fifth and seventh. This is exciting. Like, man, if, if I'm a fan of either of these teams, like, this is a dream. Like this is a kid waking up on, on Christmas morning. Like we got two picks in the top 10 as a Dolphins fan, Dominic, we don't even have a pick in the first two rounds. So I'm definitely a little bit jealous about that. Um, yeah. So like I talked about, um, 
two top 10 picks, not even first round picks, top 10 picks for these New York teams. At number four, the Jets. Uh, what do you think the Jets decide to do at number four? What do you think they decide to do at 10? Do they stay put? Where do you think? Let's talk about the Jets first off, Dominic. Obviously, uh, getting rookie quarterback last year out of BYU, Wilson. Didn't have a great year, um, although I think it was uh, a lot to expect him to kind of have a, a rookie of the year type performance with that Jets roster. Um, look, you're at four. You have a 10 pick. If you're the Jets, you have a solid fan base. Um, you have guys that come to every game, no matter what your record is, the pressure's on for both these New York teams. And I think if you're the Jets and the Giants, you really need to hit on both these picks. Um, I just think there's no excuse. You know, you're in this position, you have a young quarterback, a guy who I think will be good in the NFL. Um, what do you think the Jets need to do here, Dominic at four and at 10? Wow. Well, the Jets are in a position that like you mentioned, getting two picks in the first round in the top 10 is unheard of. Both, yeah. both New York organizations need to hit and hit hard. I think if ever one of those defensive ends happens to fall, I think the value is amazing at number four. Yeah. You have to take either Hutchinson or Thibodeau. I yeah. doubt they're going to be there, but if, if one of them's there, I definitely would go and get a defensive end. I know they signed... Um, I was with Carl Lawson to a big contract and he got hurt last year. But if we had Lawson and one of those beautiful young rookie defensive end alongside him, the Jets defense would really start to worry a lot of people in that AFC East. Other than that, I'm not a huge fan. I mean, I'll be honest. I'm not a huge fan of Zach Wilson. I think he disappointed me big time. And I, I think even this year he might regress. I, I look at the receivers in, in the Jets. I see Corey Davis. Why did they bring Corey Davis and give him all that money? Who knows? They drafted uh, Elijah Moore and they have Braxton Berrios. If they were so bold enough and bold enough, because I do believe there's one gem wide receiver in this draft and that's Jamison Williams. You would make obviously Zach Wilson's life so much more easier. This guy is going to create space and get open a lot more than Corey Davis, Elijah Moore and Braxton Berrios. I mean, I hate those receivers. Not one of them blows me away whatsoever. And Zach Wilson needs a lot of help. And if he gets no help, the Jets are in trouble. As for the Giants, I love the Giants because they got Brian Dable there and they're going to create an amazing offense. Are you comfortable with the quarterback that you have there already? Or are you willing to think to gamble and take a quarterback in this draft? I think we'll have to wait and see. I don't think they take a quarterback, but I wouldn't be surprised, but I don't think they, they take a quarterback. They need to solidify that offensive line. So just give me the best offensive lineman available wherever they pick first. And after that, you know, that defense, you could show up that defense. So give me Derek Stingley. If he's available, that's probably who I would take. Mm, I love take both teams. I'll start with the Giants. I wonder if the Giants will be so bold as to take a quarterback. Um because, you know, we mentioned Daniel Jones, and I know you're not the biggest fan of Daniel Jones, Dominic, and neither am I. Um, I guess before jumping on to what you had to say and, and my take on it, you think there's any chance the Giants decide to take a quarterback at five or seven? They would have to be sold on Kenny Pickett. I mean, they yeah. would have to be sold on Pickett to the point where that they believe they can uh, develop an entire game plan around him. I don't think Kenny Pickett, and I'm looking at, Josh Allen are comparable whatsoever. I think Kenny Pickett, believe it or not, might end up being a better passer. I know that's really bold of me to say. I just, I'm not sold on Allen's arm yet. I want to see the consistency of Allen's arm. I know he can run the ball like no other uh, quarterback almost other than Lamar Jackson in the NFL, mm -hmm. but uh, I'm not sold on his arm. So that being said, you need a guy that can chuck it in that offense. There's a lot of guys out there that believe that Kenny Pickett Accurate wise, he can, he can, you know, he can do a lot. I think of Drew Brees when I think maybe of Kenny Pickett again, maybe I'm over evaluating Drew Brees in the hall of famer. This is their quarterback class. Usually there's a one gem. Who is that gem? Yeah. Obviously Willis Pickett, and I'm going to throw in there two other guys, strong and Howell, who I don't think they're going to probably be taking whatsoever in the first round. It could happen, but they probably won't between those four quarterbacks. There's one guy that's going to have a really good career in the NFL. Mm. Uh, I'm with you on that. I, I, I don't think the uh, the Giants will end up taking a quarterback there. 
I think that offensive line is big for them. And then, you know, maybe at seven, it's kind of like, okay, uh, whatever players, you know, the best player uh, left on our board that hasn't been taken. I think for the Jets, I like Thibodeau going there at number four. I think a pass rusher makes sense. Uh, look, in this uh, mock draft, we got Trevon Walker there. Let's say, for example, you know, we talk about, uh, you know, going off of our mock drafts. Uh, I have Hutchison already off the board. So I have Walker and Thibodeau still available. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to take my mock draft has actually Walker not even being taken as the first uh, one of the first two edges, which may be a little bit of a surprise. But uh, yeah, I think Thibodeau is kind of a too tough of a guy to pass up on, like you mentioned, and for the reasons you mentioned before, Dominic, there at number four. Um, so I like that for their fourth pick and 10, the New York jets wide receiver. What you want? Look, you have a young quarterback. You got to help him out. And look, maybe this is my bias of wide receivers. You know, I love my receivers. How can you expect a quarterback, a young quarterback like Zach Wilson to have success in the NFL without a true number one wide receiver? I was exactly. big on Dens. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing with you hundred percent. And yeah. I, my guy is Jamison Williams. I really yeah. think that he's the guy, but a lot of guys are really, really hyped on uh, Garrett Wilson. What's your opinion on Garrett Wilson? I like, I like Garrett Wilson a lot. Uh, I feel like he would be a receiver that is, would ball out in certain systems. Um, I'm not sure he's the best receiver in this draft. I like his speed. Uh, I do like what he brings to the table. He's a unique uh, style receiver. I do like him. However, the guy I'm kind of eyeing Dominic as my number one receiver is neither. It's actually Drake London. And it's tough for me to say this as a Notre Dame fan because he is a USC product. But I read you his stats uh, in a few shows ago. And like, like, you can say, okay, college stats are different. But like, this man is an absolute workhorse. Like he is, like I haven't seen a receiver catch as many balls as he has. And it's like, he's getting as many catches as as running backs get carries. Um, and he's big, he's big, he's lengthy. Um, and, uh, you know, he has a big body and his radius is massive. And I love that for receivers. Um, if I'm the Jets, I'm going to go Drake London here. And he's actually my number one wide receiver in the draft, Dominic. I'm going to go Drake London one. I think Jamison Williams is a close two. So I'll go one B. And then I have to say, Oh man. Then there's Chris Olave out of Ohio state. Like, you know, we talk about Ohio state receivers. They have Garrett Wilson. They have Chris Olave. Um, I guess I would give the small edge to, to Wilson, but I think it just goes to show how deep this uh, wide receiver uh, core is in the, in this draft this year. Almost, I would say probably almost three or four receivers are going to be coming off in the first round. That's how good this draft is. Apparently at wide receiver. I'm not over. I'm not sold. Like I told you before, I think that the wide receiver class, a lot of great receivers were last year. I don't think we're going to have an amazing re receiver class. But however, I think we have prospects to develop that we're going to see maybe in three years or four years where they, they, they add weight. Guys that are amazing route runners. I'm thinking about like David Bell, for example. So this is a guy that's probably going to go in the third round, maybe in the second round, but someone you can develop. Drake London, to me, doesn't seem overly fast. I love his size six foot five, you know, you can't go wrong. But when you're going to be entering the NFL, you're going to have to be fast. You're going to need that speed. Otherwise, you're going to be a play action receiver and you're going to be a red zone receiver. And to me, that's not the value that I want to get in the first round if that's all you're going to be. I want to have a guy that can run routes crisp. He's going to have himself 90 catches minimum in the season. And he's going to bank on approximately 13 to 15 touchdowns. If you're picking in the top 10, that's a guy you're kind of like hoping that you pick up. I don't believe Drake London is that guy. Mm, definitely. Uh, you know, there's been uh, different power rankings at the, the wide receiver position. So you're not alone in that one, Dominic. I think Jameson Williams is a guy that uh, a lot of people have as number one. And, uh, you know, a guy that you cannot pass up on your radar. Uh, curious. I'm really excited to see who that first wide receiver will be taking. I'm also very excited to see the first quarterback taken, who I believe will be at six to the Carolina Panthers, Dominic. I think it'll be Kenny Pickett. Uh, I think it'll be either Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis that get picked at one. Uh, but if I had to make a pick, I would say I'm going with Pickett out of Pittsburgh with the tiny hands. Um, and uh, I spoke to a, a Carolina Panthers fan at work the other day, and he was like, yeah, I really want Carolina to take uh, Pickett there at six. Um, I would be surprised if they don't take a QB. You know, there was rumors about them potentially trading for Baker Mayfield this past week. Doesn't look like that's going to happen. Uh, number six, I've got Kenny Pickett going to the Carolina Panthers, Dominic. The more and more the draft has evolved, the more and more I'm really thinking that Kenny Pickett 
will be a really decent quarterback in the NFL. I think that unless you've done your homework, and I'm not saying that Carolina has not done their homework, but the fact that there's Jimmy G and the fact that there's Baker Mayfield and there's all these prospects that are, you know, kind of like Russian roulette, what quarterback you're going to take. I think Carolina's going to pass in this draft. I think Matt Rule is sold on Sam Darnold. He started 3-0 last year and he's like, in my mind, I thought, you know, we had a really good draft. You know, they could do something good with Sam Darnold. I watched a lot of Carolina games last year. I thought that he was good when, when, when he first started. Then they got injuries. And then you thought to yourself, what were they thinking getting Sam Darnold? So yeah. he's terrible. Trust me. He's not a good quarterback. <laughs> he's not a good quarterback. Even though with the injuries, I don't care. He's had enough time to prove himself. He is terrible. So you have Baker Mayfield to bring in. Are you going to bring Baker Mayfield as a backup QB? That's what I would do. I wouldn't draft Kenny Pickett just because a lot of people are, you know, questioning whether or not he had, I think, over like 38 fumbles. And you mentioned his small hands. You know, I think the value, again, is in the later stage in this draft. And I do still believe that he could be a great game manager on the right team. Carolina, you know, they do have Christian McCaffrey. It kind of could be a good fit. But something tells me Matt Rule is just going to be like, no, I know who I have. I have Sam Darnold. And that might, at the end of the day, cost Matt Rule his job along with Darnold, both leaving Carolina next year at the same time. You heard it here first, folks. Don't forget where you heard it. It is NFL Draft Day, folks, just hours away. The Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock. Who knows, folks, what's going to happen with that number one overall pick? There's been many different answers, but uh, I think it's safe to say that nobody knows who they're going to take, and maybe the Jaguars don't even know who who they're going to take, which is kind of weird. Dominic, I have a question for you. We talked about quarterbacks, teams needing quarterbacks, um, and potentially, you know, this may not be the best draft to take a quarterback. But, you know, desperate times require desperate measures. The Atlanta Falcons, why has no one talked about them potentially taking a quarterback? Right now, their starting QB is Marcus Mariota, right? They lost Matty Ice to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I was just thinking about that before the show, and I was like, look, we talk about uh, the Detroit Lions potentially being linked to, linked to a quarterback with their last pick, the Carolina Panthers. I've seen some mock drafts that have your Steelers taking Malik Willis. Um, why have we not talked about the Falcons taking a quarterback? Very, very good question. I honestly don't really know, to be honest with you. If I'm the Atlanta Falcons, I just had Matt Ryan. Before that, I'm thinking like, oh, I had Michael Vick as being a great quarterback. Who's the next big Atlanta quarterback? Is he in this draft or is he in next year's draft? I wouldn't be surprised if Atlanta just takes the best player available and then just runs with it, either with Mariota, maybe drops a quarterback in the fourth round, Maybe a Carson Strong in the third round and uh, be, be surprised by, oh, look, we got Carson Strong. He actually fits our system very well. A pocket quarterback, kind of like Matt Ryan. We'll have to wait and see. But I don't think that next year Atlanta has high expectations. And I think that might be a big reason why that we're not, we're not hearing anything about the quarterbacks yeah. uh, being drafted early for, for Atlanta. I think that people are expecting maybe Atlanta to finish dead last between them and the Bears. It's going to be, I don't know, flip a coin. Uh, or maybe Atlanta surprises us and, and does something unbelievable. But very good question. I'm going to think they're going to pass on the quarterback class this year, and they're going to stock up for next year. That's very fair, Dominic. Because, look, let's say you draft the quarterback now, and you you know you have Kyle Pitts to throw to. Like, you're not really setting up your quarterback for success. I think that if they were to take a QB, it'd kind of be a guy they need to be sold on. Um, and, you know, that's it. Maybe – quote unquote tank this year, although they won't admit it and then wait for next year to get uh, a better QB and take maybe a wide receiver, right? To replace, uh, to replace Calvin Ridley, who won't be playing this season. Then you have Calvin Ridley. Um, sorry, not Calvin Ridley. Whoever replaces Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts. Uh, then after that, you take a quarterback next year. Maybe Calvin Ridley will be back. I could see that, you know, potentially being a, a dangerous team if they do draft the right quarterback, but I wouldn't keep, uh, I wouldn't uh, you know, be super shocked or I would say, uh, you know, kind of eliminate the idea of the Atlanta Falcons potentially taking uh, a quarterback there at uh, at eight uh, in this year's draft. At number nine, uh, we got the Seattle Seahawks. I guess we will like top 10 here, Dominic. Then after that, we can kind of popcorn and uh, go with best players uh, we think in the draft or, you know, which teams really need to hit. Because we already kind of did 10 with the New York Jets uh, as they pick a uh, fourth and 10th. Seattle, uh, this is, uh, I'm, I, if I'm making a bold prediction now, I think Seattle trades back. I think Seattle trades back. 
Um, and this will be the first trade that we see in the draft. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what Seattle does here. You know, talk about quarterbacks. Maybe they take a QB right now. Drew Locke seems to be the man for the Seattle Seahawks. Something is telling me Seattle's going to trade back in this draft, Dominic. Uh, collect capital and, uh, you know, kind of wait and see who falls to them later on in the first round or uh, later on in the draft. You're 100% right. I agree wholeheartedly. Let's the go. Seattle Seahawks are going to start the fireworks in this draft. Whoever wants a big-time playmaker, this is where you need to hit at number nine. Whoever you want, they're all underneath. All you got to do is make the trade. What are you willing to do to get number nine? Well, you'll probably have to, obviously, your first-round pick this year and probably your first-round pick next year. And for the Seattle Seahawks, if they get a team like, I don't know, uh, let's just say if you think Washington's going to have a bad year next year or Houston's going to have maybe a bad year next year, you have to evaluate where can you get a you know, the, the maximum value, a comeback to value for your draft pick next year. Who is willing to sacrifice their, the first round draft pick next year? I don't know, but I'm telling you something. I come back to Jameson Williams. He is going to be a really good wide receiver. And anybody looking for a star example, maybe, maybe San Francisco is like, we got to get rid of Debo Samuels. Maybe we'll give up our first round draft pick uh, and uh, give Debo Samuels on top of that. Uh, maybe they do a blockbuster trade and then they get themselves Jamison Williams just to replace Debo Samuel. So we'll have to wait and see, but this is exactly where the trade's going to happen at number nine. I could see Pete Carroll do it unless Pete Carroll has a crazy plan to be competitive this year. Maybe that's bringing in Baker Mayfield. Maybe that's adding uh, another weapon uh, to his arsenal. He's a savvy coach. He's been around. He's seen it all. But this is where it's going to happen at number nine. The Seattle Seahawks will trade down in this pick. And just so you know, folks, Dominic and I did not plan this pre-script, uh, which is uh, pretty surprising that we have a trade happening at the exact same spot. I just think it makes sense, Dominic, for uh, a lot of reasons. And, you know, really, you said uh, quite a few of them uh, you never know with Pete Carroll. I could see him, like you mentioned, starting off the, uh, you know, the party there in Las Vegas being uh, the first thing that decides to make a trade. Wouldn't be too surprised to see that happen. Um, I want to jump to Minnesota Vikings, Dominic. They have Kirk Cousins. They, you know, Kirk Cousins, that what he does best, he negotiates, he gets these contracts that I don't know how he gets them. Um, I've seen a few mocks that have them taking a wide receiver. And this mock that I pulled up, I'm just looking at uh, Bucky Brooks's mock here because it's the, it's the one I have open and the most recent one. They have him taking Jameson Williams. Can you imagine the trio of Williams, Thielen, and Justin Jefferson? And, you know, what that would kind of bring to the table if you have a healthy Dalvin Cook, a guy like Kirk Cousins, who, you know, you could call him kind of that game manager type. Like, if you're getting him and Minnesota is still struggling to put up points, Kirk Cousins is still kind of um, not the guy that's able to put a team on his back and win games. I think, like, hey, like, then, you know, like, you know, we got to move on. For, I would have won for Cousins a while ago if I was Minnesota. But I'm saying, look, they already decided they want to keep him. Okay, now let's get him a wide receiver now and see if uh, it really is him, see if it's the team, uh, and see if we can get him more help. Because I think if they get any of these top three wide receivers in this draft, uh, that's going to be a heck of a receiving core in Minnesota. Ah, those receivers, right? Those receivers. Unfortunately, I'm going to completely disagree with you here because <laughs> – I think that fashionable trend right now is look, wow, Cincinnati got chased. They had a Higgins and they got Boyd. Let's replicate that. It got them to the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. What if that was just a huge asterisk, which Jamar Chase is a phenom Hall of Famer. And that's the only reason why that this worked. And that's my personal opinion. I always go back to those Detroit Lions when they drafted, I think, three receivers year after year after year in a row. And it, it cost, it was Matt Millen. His GM job it was one of the worst performance by a GM that I've ever seen in the NFL. I wouldn't recommend. I'm, I mean, think about it. Who who's going to get the ball? You're going to you're going to go with uh, the young receiver that's coming into the league that happens to be maybe as good as Chase, or you're going to be like, oh, okay, well we have uh, Thielen that is the guy uh, that's been here the longest. Let's put you know give him the ball. I just think that the ball distribution is just. You can't make everybody happy. And I think that Tyler Boyd in Cincinnati was the guy that said to himself, I'm going to take a backseat to these obviously amazing receivers in Cincinnati, even though I was the number one guy at one point. Now I just, I fell behind. And I, 
I don't agree with that with that motto. I just don't. Cincinnati just happened to get lucky. I'm going to call it. They got lucky, but they got chased. Congratulations for them. But whoever tries to replicate that that kind of like recipe, it's not going to happen as often as you might think. And if the Minnesota Vikings were to do that, they're going to shoot themselves in the foot. Hmm. I uh, yeah, I guess we agree, disagree, Dominic. I think I would say that like. It's true. There's a lot of there would be a lot of mouths to feed on that offense with those trio of receivers. Some would say it's a good problem to have, but you know, you talk about like guys demanding the ball, and that wouldn't become like it, it. Really depends on like if you have team players on the team or not, right? If you have guys that value, uh, you know, the the team first, and uh, I think that's what we have in the, kind of the the two guys in Minnesota so far. Uh, but it, yes, it can get complicated. Uh, like I said, I think you know the, the kind of the more studs you have, the merrier. Um, but that Where is do you a, the reception. Who gets last reception? Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen? Or is this yeah. the rookie coming in and he's going to be gobbling up a lot less balls than we think? So I just think mm-hmm. that at the end of the day, somebody's got to take a back seat. Who is yeah. taking the back seat? And if you're obviously drafting a receiver, why would you put your receiver taking the back seat when you're picking at what number 13, I believe? No, number 12. 12. Yeah, 12. Sorry, that's a pretty yeah. high pick. Yeah. For, for having somebody to, to to watch those receivers all day long. I don't I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that's uh, like I said, maybe my wide receiver bias coming up. Uh, that I think that's what makes this draft exciting is that there's a lot of possibilities and a lot of uh, ways different teams could go in. I want to ask you, Dominic. There's a uh, teams, you know, a lot of teams, obviously a lot of fan bases hungry to finally become relevant. Uh, if you had, you know, a team right off the bat that you think really needs to hit on this draft, whether it's a team uh, that has two first round picks that has one early on that has one late one, we think uh, a guy could kind of fall to them. Uh, if I have to, yeah, put you on the spot and ask you a team that really needs to hit a grand slam with this draft. What's the first team that comes to mind to you? It used to be the Green Bay Packers. I thought hey. to myself, okay, well, Green Bay definitely needs to hit because otherwise, you know, what's going on in Green Bay? Fire everybody. You guys can't, you know, draft a wide receiver. Your life depends on it. Yeah. Now, the stress, in my opinion, is on those Arizona Cardinals. What's uh. going on in Arizona, right? Kyle mm. Murray's like all not happy, yeah. wanting to have a contract. You need to, you know, get some energy back in that locker room. I don't care who it is, but you have to bring a guy that's just going to bring the conversation to him and away from Kyle Murray. So Arizona, whether it be to move up in the draft, I don't care what you do. To me, your franchise right now, you got a big bullseye because you can't seem to figure out is your quarterback Kyle Murray next year? You're saying it's going to be Kyle Murray, but yet he's got no contract. And does he want to play? That's my team, Arizona. I like that one, actually. It's not a team I would have thought of, but it's definitely a team uh, that's kind of been slimy. You think about the way that they started off last season. Um, and, uh, yeah, I know to uh, to finish the season the way they did uh, was, you know, pretty uh, upsetting to Cardinals fans, to say the least. I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles, Dominic. They have the 15th pick in this draft and the 18th pick. Philadelphia is a team that, you know, it feels like it was a while ago that they won the Super Bowl. Uh, it wasn't, you know, Nick Foles, Philly special, crazy upset in an incredible Super Bowl game over the New England Patriots. Um, they have two picks, like I talked about, um, in uh, in this first round, in the uh, first 18 picks. I'm curious to see where they're going to go. I think that with one of these picks, and I know you talk, we talk, I'm talking a lot about wide receivers, but I do think they need to go wide receiver here. I think Jalen Rager, unfortunately, out of TCU, was – not a great pick for them um, coming out of, uh, as, a, as a rookie there. I think there was other wide receivers they could have taken. I think they missed on that. I think that, you know, your Devontae Smith, yes, I really like him. I think he's going to be a baller. Uh, and I don't I don't worry about his size as much as other people do because obviously, you know, he's on, on the lighter side. But I, uh, I do like uh, – I, I love his skill set. I really do believe in Devontae Smith. But look, Jalen Hurts, your quarterback, you want to see what you have in him. I don't know if he's going to be the franchise quarterback – uh, out of Alabama, I think you getting get him as many weapons as you can. So I think at 15 or 18, they take a wide receiver, and then uh, with the uh, they're either the first or the second. I think that they decide to go. Uh, I would go D line, or I would go best defensive player available for the Eagles. I think it's a per- perfect opportunity, Dominic, for them to go one uh, one side of the field, another on the other side of the field. I think taking a wide receiver uh, at 15 or 18, and then also drafting uh, one of their defensive studs will be important for those. Philadelphia Eagles um 
I just want to ask you kind of uh, flip it around here. We talk about wide receivers a lot, but what about the running backs, Dominic? I'm curious if I had to ask you how many running backs get taken in the first round of this year's draft, what's your number? Ah, it's one or zero. I'm going to go with one. Someone's going to fall in love with one guy. Reese Hall. I think yeah. that uh, he's the kind of guy that uh, could change um, a team at the running back position. I don't know who would draft him probably late, very late in this draft. Maybe I would say Kansas city, but Kansas city is like a mystery to me. Yeah. We're just going to have to wait and see on that. But uh, I want to go with zero to be honest with you, because I think the the running back position is so devalued that it's going to definitely bite them in the butt. And some team is going to start really capitalizing. I said that last show, but Brees Hall would be my number one pick. And I think that he'll go potentially to Kansas City. Is that possible? Be scary. You ne- so you never know, Dominic. I'm going to go with zero. I w- between one and zero, I'm going to go with zero. But I, I kind of understand. There's always those teams that uh, that decide to take their running back and take the risk. We have just under a minute, Dominic. I'm super pumped. Let's quickly, Dominic, get, what are you most excited for in this draft? I'll go first. I'm going to say these two New York teams. You got two picks in the first top 10. Look, your fans have been great fans for or like over the last few years. New York, get it right. Jets and Giants hit it. I'm really excited for both New York teams in this draft. I'm not going to lie. As a Steelers fan, I want to see if they're going to get a quarterback or not. <laughs> uh, to me, it's a, it's a make or break decision, probably five years. That's where my focus on the Pittsburgh Steelers. If I had to throw another team out there. Let's see what Houston could do in this draft. Mm -hmm. Keep in mind, this team is developing for a while now, uh, but I think that with those two strong picks, they have the number third and the 13. This team could surprise a lot of people by nailing this draft. Pick two defensive players and see where that defense could lead you. And let's see where David Mills could develop uh, as a pocket quarterback if there's a red receiver that he can work with. Um, maybe in the second round, as I said, a lot of gems in the second yep. and third round as wide receivers, not necessarily in the first round. Hey, I like that. All right, folks, that is it for this week's show. Hope you enjoyed it. Enjoyed the draft. It was a pleasure bringing it to you guys. Be back for next week as we unpack everything that happened in the NFL draft. You were listening to CJLO 1690 AM in Montreal.